the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Live for July 24th, 2022. Tonight's scheduled guest, our own Nick Maxson. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota, college graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% when you add a line to a new or existing account. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites, travel happy again. Book your next stay at DruryHotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skate Studios presented by Behind the Mask. It's a part of the Ice Time Hockey West.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. It's Sunday night, which means it is time for another episode of College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you today in beautiful, rainy um, somewhat cool now, Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein joining me from about 10 feet below sea level in that huge palatial estate out on Long Island, New York, not far from the Hamptons, I'm told. Paul, how are you tonight? Um, I'm about as far from the Hamptons as you can get <laughs> in terms of lifestyle um, and... and, and, and <laughs> All those key demographics <laughs> that uh, you look at to uh, determine neighborhoods, I okay. am not there. Okay. Uh, how's the shark population out on Long Island? Um, good. Oh, okay. I think good. They're, 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 they're liking healthy. you. They're hanging around. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, I got a couple things I got to get out of the way before we start the show tonight. It has been raining here for about three hours, which is so unlike Denver. It rains and then it quits, but today it just rained solidly for three hours. So thanks to my friends at Uber Eats, I had a uh, a $20 reward, and I ordered a fabulous Capriati sub and chicken noodle soup and got a great delivery by uh, a lady that was out in the rain just I felt so bad, but I wasn't going out in this stuff. I mean, let's be real. So uh, uh, shout out to Capriati's for the great sub. Shout out to Uber Eats for the uh, 
the delivery and the rewards coupon. And uh, I'm ready to start the show now because I had wait. My, well, what a timeout. Did uh, um, I had my chicken soup, right? I had my turkey. That's sub. good. That's good. That's good. It's a hero, by the way, not a, which is the proper terminology. You're a um, hero. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I hope they're writing you a check for this. I'm just, uh, I'm just throwing out a shout out because it was a miserable day, and I appreciate the fact that I didn't have to go out and get it. And uh, I also got two chocolate chip cookies, which I will devour for dessert later on. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. I was supposed to be uh, arriving and should have arrived in Plymouth, Michigan tonight, but I changed my plans, Paul, and I changed it for this reason mainly. The number one reason was I found out that the 22 and 23 teams are going to scrimmage on Thursday and Friday, and I'm going like, I'm not going to miss that. I'm not going to go there to watch practice. First of all, have they – that I and I get that, but um, are they? I guess they're dividing them up by birth years. Yes, yes, and they're running separate practices twice a day. Um, really, I believe today, tomorrow, what's tomorrow? Monday, Tuesday, and then uh, Wednesday they're going to have some sort of a scrimmage, and then uh, it's going to be kind of a challenge between the twenty-two and the twenty-three teams, which has obviously never happened before. I don't believe. No, I, I can't never imagine had them it has. Together. And, and I've talked about it forever about how this might be the best group of junior players ever assembled in the United States of America, all at one time, sixty of them. Um, about a dozen of them have connections to our coverage area. So I'm looking forward to that, and I am, again, greatly appreciative to USA Hockey and uh, everybody over there for uh, making sure that everything was set up for me when I arrive, and we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So I'll be uh, leaving here Tuesday, uh, arriving there Wednesday night, and uh, being there Thursday, Friday. Then I'm going to venture on to St. Louis, see our friend Rick Zombo, and hopefully get a feature done on Monday morning on the new NCAA program at Lindenwood and then head on back to uh, Denver, Colorado. So that that's kind of my game plan. I'm looking forward to bringing you all the action from the uh, NJEC, which in fact is the National Junior Evaluation Camp for the World Junior Tournament. Uh, I might go up my stairs and get out of the basement. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, get outside. I'm just it, saying. It's summertime. Get outside. Get a little fresh air. Well, I, yeah. Well, I I do, but I'm just making the point here. <laughs> um, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> uh, speaking of what's not like the other, we're talking tonight, uh, obviously about the uh, the NJEC. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Beauty League, which nice. is about ready to fire up. In Minnesota, so let's not wait. If it hasn't started already, no. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. We can we oh. we can bring Nick on in this discussion. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely, we can. He's one of us. He's no, no, Nick no. Matthew. I get that, but <laughs> I have to I have to bring up a couple of things that I heard this week. Yeah, well, bring you bring it up. Let's bring Nick on. And Nick, and how are and, you? You got Scott and Paul with you. Hopefully, you're doing well, and it's not raining like it is here in Denver. Uh, the rain was last night, Scott and oh. Paul. Uh, so <laughs> it was, and and for the the Minnesota faithful, uh, yesterday was the uh, the finale of the Aquatennial, 
And then for those who, who don't what? know what that is, the Aquatennial is the celebration essentially for Minneapolis. It's kind of a city celebration. Ends with a big fireworks show on Saturday night. Thankfully, the rain was south of the metro area, so the fireworks went off without a hitch. It's a, actually a pretty nice show. It's actually probably better than the 4th of July. Oh, that's right. They didn't have 4th of July fireworks this year, so it was. Really? By default, it was better. That's right. Uh, they did not. Uh, both Minneapolis and St. Paul, which St. Paul was known to have some pretty good fireworks display, was the Taste of Minnesota, which uh, was the big 4th of July celebration a couple of days prior to the 4th there in St. Paul. That hasn't happened in some time now just because of some funding, uh, terrorism, if you want to call. But uh, other than that, it's been good. It's actually been a nice cooler day today, lower 80s. The humidity has dropped, so it's feeling less like uh, uh, the beach on Florida, more like uh, Minneapolis. Let's put it that way. Well, okay. I mean, <laughs> love it. Was that was that good enough for you, Paul? Well, no, that's that's fine. I, I just uh, listen because around here the fireworks usually start around July first. Okay. <laughs> so, um, listen, I'm not. I'm sure that right now in in um, um, in Minneapolis is beautiful. It's the I'm best all, time to I'm, visit. I am always down to be there in May and April, uh, May and June and July, even August, even September. After that, you're pushing it. Well, After that, it's a lottery draw. That's right. I'll, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I've lived there for a long time. So has Nick. And I can tell you, uh, my daughter got married on the 4th of July, what, five years ago now? Um, something like that. And uh, I should know that, by the way. So slap me for, for getting that wrong. But anyway... That 10 days that, that we were there for her wedding uh, was unbelievable. And I told everybody that asked me about Minnesota, I said, you will never find a 10-day span where the weather was this nice. And I didn't have to contend with mosquitoes for some reason. I don't know what it was, but it was fantastic. So um, I always recommend July. <laughs> go, go in July. And if you want to play golf, go in September because September is the best golf month of Minnesota ever. Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. Uh, Nick, the Beauty League, <laughs> up yet? Yeah, it started last week. So, uh, you know, and, and for those, again, who aren't familiar with it, it's a summer league featuring uh, both NHL as well as NCAA uh, talent, usually homegrown here in, the, in Minnesota. Uh, not always, though, Scott. Some have uh, Minnesota ties. Others make their uh, summer homes here in Minneapolis. Um, a lot of NHLers do. Uh, just because of the the rink availabilities, a lot of the players will work out. They'll skate together. Um, they'll do their own private ice sessions together just to keep in shape. Uh, in the Debuti League, what I love about it is it's charity. Um, it's 15 bucks a ticket. You get to see three, uh, you know, 90-minute games essentially. Um, it's four-on-four -four hockey. It's it's very chill. It's very relaxed. It's more of a skill showcase than anything. It, it's again quoting the public address announcer in Edina. Uh, Braemar Arena, it's the only locker room, uh, only penalty box in the entire NHL that has a keg of beer. Yes, that is a direct quote. Um, it's uh, it's just wonderful. It's a great place. It's very family friendly. Um, it's a good place to cool off indoors and see some good hockey when um, hockey is in its uh, intermission between uh, in seasons. Uh, I want to operate the penalty box door. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I haven't been on ice skates in probably... 35 years and 
I never learned how to stop, so it would just be easy for me to sit in the penalty box. <laughs> and it wouldn't hurt that there's a keg of beer sitting in there with you. Oh, is that why I said that? Did I just? I'm sorry. Did I? Did I, I must have missed that. Yeah. yeah, I bet you did. So anyway, there's some great players, not only from the state of Minnesota, but guys that you mentioned that come back. It, it's no secret, Nick, that um, I, I threatened to take Paul Hornstein with me on a tour of the uh, many hockey camps in Minnesota in the summertime, and a lot of these guys uh, work out at the camps and uh, get their professional instruction even late into their careers. Am I right? hundred percent. I mean, especially with the game that it is now, I mean, especially skating, you just, in order to be in this league and in order to maintain your spot, you know, you have to have the element of skating. And so uh, I know that uh, it's an Andy Ness, I believe, who uh, is uh, the Minnesota wild uh, skating coach. He does his own private sessions throughout the summer. I know, I think Zach Parise, when he was here, that's probably a, a name I shouldn't, say out loud for those who are listening in the Twin Cities area. But, um, you know, um, it's it, that is it. You know, these guys are there to, to keep in shape. They're there to really work on their skating, work on some technical skills. So they're there to, uh, to weight lift. So it's all part of a summer workout program. And, you know, with Minnesota, especially with uh, the many rinks that just never shut down here and even in the hot summer, uh, they take full advantage of it. Again, they, a lot of the times they'll rent the entire ice out for a couple hours to make sure they can get uh, the workouts that they need in and uh, go from there. And uh, the, again, the beauty league, a good way to kind of keep in game shape, right? Scott, I think it's one thing to, you know, to have, you know, the skating lessons and the bag skates and to have Herb Brooks, you know, blow whistle and tell you again, because you've already done 70 Herbies, but you know, it's the game speed that you have to keep up in the beauty league. Yeah. It's not full, um, full throttle per se, but it's a good way to keep, uh, you know, in game shape and keep uh, your mind processing the game and do it for good cause, I think, which is also great. Well, uh, you know, you got my boys, Anders Lee there and Brock Nelson and, um, and, and, and Parisi had a pretty good year. Um, you can, you don't have to say it, I'll say it, but then again, he should have been drafted here, um, long ago. So <laughs> Nick, do you like the way Paul's just going, his boys? The Minnesota boys that are on Long Island now are now his boys. <laughs> I'm not sure Long right Island there. can count anybody their boys when John Tavares <laughs> leaves for Toronto, but that's, that's okay. That's that's my captain right there. Andrew, <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> so anyway, that's um, and by the way, um, oh, you you're gonna to bring that. I'll bring it. <laughs> I'll say it. Um, Sedano Char is about to retire. The only active player in the NHL that's played against that team up there in Ontario in the second round of the playoffs. So you, you, we can we can play that game. I have no problems. <laughs> oh, I thought you. Were I'm not sure what game that is. We can play Minnesota Wild, Wild fans don't know past the first round, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the, the the Minnesota Wild haven't been in existence, or you know, haven't been in existence since you know the beginning of time. So <laughs> that's true. You guys, you guys want me to take my Stanley Cup T-shirt off now while we have this conversation? Oh, please. Or we okay? <laughs> I mean, between the T-shirts, the hats, the pom-poms, and everything else, uh, enough. Hey, hey Nick, uh, yesterday I, I wore my All Hail Kale T-shirt just because uh, just I felt like it was time to wear it. <laughs> just just because you felt like it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, to be fair, um Gotta you know love Kale McCarr, you know that's that's fail that that's 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 acceptable. Uh, on the same time, 
uh, Scott, the, the Stanley Cup was issued like what a month ago, isn't it? Isn't it over yet? Can we look at 22, 23? I mean, come on. I mean, Kirill Kaprizov's not going to be in the lineup for Wild fans. You know, they're going to, everybody's going, losing that their is, minds. That right is now. insane. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's, I mean, Tell, Nick, for the listeners that don't know, explain the, the Kirill, the thrill um, saga. Sure. I mean, and it's more not just him, but I think he's in a unique position. But it's uh, anybody that, you know, essentially has Russian ties that went back to Russia um, in the offseason, um, especially with the, uh, with shall we say, geopolitical uh, things that are happening, just to put it lightly. Um, it sounds like, you know, there is a rumor at, at best um, that he may have purchased a fake military ID. Now, mind you, those who are born in Russia um, who are male are supposed to serve at least one year of military uh, between you know between 18 and I think 24 or 26, and uh, if that's the case, um, he could be withheld from uh, from leaving Russia. Now there there was confirmed reports that he was denied entry into the U.S. twice, not from Russian soil or U.S. soil. Apparently, it was um, at different U.S. Uh, checkpoints, I believe, in Eastern Europe. So. Uh, there's there's some real concern around Kirill Kaprizov and his status as we enter the 2022-23 season. Um, he's kind of the poster child right now in Russia. He's essentially the next Alexander Ovechkin. He is, you know, the face of hockey there in that country and, you know, well-deserved. He's a ph- phenomenal athlete. But you kind of wonder uh, with everything else that's happening if he will be made an example, um, whether these allegations are true. Um, so Wild fans are holding their breath that uh, Kaprizov can – uh, get back to the states, compete, and be in the wild lineup. And right now, that status is unsure. Well, I'm surprised, Nick, that uh, the Wild didn't go after Matthew Kachuk <laughs> just as a backup plan. <laughs> you know, if you didn't have 12.7 million dollars in dead cap, probably. Uh, I but hear you. yeah, about that. <laughs> we'll just well, leave it at that. Here in Colorado, we sit and wait a decision on Nazem Kadri. Uh, everybody thinks he's coming back because he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Um, I, I guess he can still go pretty much wherever he wants to go, but it, it sounds an awful lot like the uh, the Avalanche are trying to figure out a way to uh, move a body or two and uh, make room for Nazem. Uh, if that happens, um, man, uh, the Avalanche will be restocked and reloaded. Uh, and I don't want to get too far off topic because we got to talk uh, USA hockey too. That's but fine. I do want to say that uh, on uh, I looked at the Colorado Eagles roster because they lost four or five players, really good players, that uh, went on and got opportunities to or will get opportunities to make NHL teams, which is great for them. But I'm going like, what is left at the in Loveland? And then all of a sudden I looked at the roster. And I'm going like, oh, oh yeah, there's him, and there's him. And there's him and him. And then there's these two. And all of a sudden I'm going like, yeah, Loveland and the Colorado Eagles are not going to be in rough shape after all, despite losing some really talented players who are getting the opportunity to uh, get NHL contracts because they were basically locked and blocked from getting onto the Avalanche uh, roster. So just want to throw that out there when we were on that topic. All right. I'm going to make one last one last comment just based on what you said, and then we can get on to this. Very unique world junior situation. Um, the longer that there's no news on Kadri, it means one of two things. He's either staying there with you, Scott, or he's coming here. 
<laughs> because that's what Lou Lamarillo does. Yep, you're exactly correct. So that is exactly his mo. And uh, the more quiet, that is the only two things in my book that can be happening. Um, I, I really think that the support that was shown for him after the episode in St. Louis has really tugged at his heart. Uh, if you haven't been on social media, they sold over 50,000, maybe more T-shirts now uh, of his to support his foundation. So um, that's leaning heavily, but they got to find a way to make the money work because He's not just going to throw dollars away, a la Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, well, that's a, that's that's for you guys on Thursday night. <laughs> exactly, so. exactly. Um, Nick, you want to want to follow up on any of that before we jump into Team USA and what's going on in Plymouth, Michigan? You know, it, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, you know, and it's interesting too. With you know, you go back to Johnny Goudreau. Um, you know, there was a lot of ties to Philadelphia, at least originally. And then lo and behold, surprising there wasn't. And so, you know, the only two places that make sense, the only two uh, teams that have the ability to get it done are the Islanders and the Avalanche. And I think the question is, you know, who can, who's going to come to the dance floor for either side to be able to make that work. And I'm with you, Scott, uh, Nazem knows this is his probably only uh, big payday that he will get as an, uh, as a pro hockey player. I, he's not going to think turn away any sort of uh, um, big money. I, I think you know he does want to stay with a contending team, but uh, he knows this is his big payday. So uh, I, I, I lean more towards Colorado than anything, but uh, you know you never can count out Lou Lamorello because, as you mentioned, uh, the beast when he's quiet is when he's at its work. Okay, well let's do this. Let's jump into uh, talking about. Where I'm headed, um, Nick, I don't know if you heard the open, but I was going to be in Plymouth, Michigan, doing the show tonight. But uh, when I found out that they were going to have scrimmages on Thursday and Friday between the 22 team and the 23 team, I said, I'm not missing that. I'm not going to leave there right when they're having these scrimmages and then just watch practices. So I will be departing from Denver um, in my Enterprise rental car and um, – Driving 17 hours towards uh, Plymouth, Michigan, arriving there Wednesday night and attending all kinds of fun stuff on Thursday, Friday, uh, before leaving for St. Louis. So that's the game plan on that. Um, Paul, your thought on just the group that's assembled in Plymouth, Michigan and going through uh, workouts today? Well, I mean, listen, um, I, I think they have I mean, the, the fact that they have this much talent I, I i don't i don't want to sit here and say it's because because i don't have enough of a basis for comparison but lordy lordy you look at all the first round picks that are at this and second round picks that are here i mean it's just insane okay yeah, well put, um, Nick. You know, the, the group that's assembled, too, and we've seen this with superstar teams, too, right, Scott? I don't, I don't know if you want to quantify it as a superstar team, but to Paul's point, there's a lot of talent on this roster, and they're going to have every opportunity to to make a push towards a gold medal. Um, and I think, you know, for Team USA, I think there's a little bit of a redemption cry here, especially after uh, not maybe the best showing at the Olympics, um, so I think the program is ready to, to make a statement. Uh, you know, Hockey Canada always is 
uh, one of the teams to beat. So um, I, I'm intrigued and I'm excited to see this. I'm excited that it's at a time where there's no other big sports that will really compete with it besides maybe baseball. Um, and to see it during, a, I guess, a better, more weather-friendly time of the year, um, I, I kind of, I, I almost want to see how the fans react to it because if it's more well-received and it gets more, why not make it a permanent change? I've, I've always been the one that has questioned why the World Juniors is held uh, during the, the New Year time freeze and not, say, during the summer months. So I'm excited, I'm intrigued, and USA is definitely going to be up there as a top-tier uh, top team for sure. Well, here's the thing, Nick, and and we've gone over the roster a couple of times on this show uh, between Sunday and Tuesday nights, um, but there have been some changes, and this is going to be very interesting because here's the one thing that is going to be the U.S. big giant question mark. With all due respect to Chris Mayotte and <laughs> Caden and Barrico. Um, there's been a lot of change in the goaltenders at this camp. Mm -hmm. And these guys could end up, first of all, everybody except for one goalie, uh, Tyler Muselik, they haven't even, they're, they're 2023 draft eligibles. There's no, and, and as far as we can tell, at least to this point, there's no Spencer Knight here. There's no Devin Levi. There's no uh, Drew Camiso and guys that have been there. And so this is going to be the big question mark. Who's going to come out of here with the number one job? And who do the coaches think is going to make the big save in the big spot? Because you know that's going to happen. And to piggyback off that, Paul, the, the times where Team USA has been at its most successful, they've had – a John Gibson in that they've had a Devin Levi right type um, where they come up with those big saves that maybe other goalies in the past have not. So, you know, I, I would argue that that is going to be the key to success for team USA. I mean, you can almost argue that for any team and it sounds cliche, but yeah, um, but still. I, I do, I still believe that, you know, when looking at the history of the world junior championship and that tournament for team USA, when they've gone on to win gold medals, they've had, that marquee goaltender that's almost stolen, if not one, but multiple games for him. Uh, hard to know if they have that type of goaltender in the roster. But again, uh, you know, we don't know until we see it. So uh, that, but that is indeed the question mark surrounding the team USA as we head into this tournament. Well, guys, let me tell you, this is one of the things that I'm looking forward to. And that's kind of why I changed my plans is because exactly that. Um, if there is one advantage to this situation, they are going to have a week to uh, to work out, and the, these goaltenders are going to get some top caliber shots fired at them. Um, when you and Paul and I were talking about this, Nick, uh, a couple of nights ago on the show, or maybe last week, last Sunday on the show. But uh, when you got a guy like Kai Murchison and Shane, and uh, Josh Doan, I almost said Shane Doan. <laughs> That'd be okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, Josh Doan on the roster and there's a good chance that they're not going to make this 2022 team because of the calibers that are ahead of them. And keep in mind, Josh Dorn was one of the leading uh, scorers in, in, in the NCAA for freshmen. And Ty Murchison has come along as a very, very good defenseman. And I just don't know how these two are going to crack that lineup because the depth is so good. So when you're trying to, 
get a goaltender prepared for what he's going to see in a tournament like the uh, World Junior Championships, it's not bad if you can have some really high-quality players shooting at him in practice. Not at all. And, you know, you, I've asked David Rennick this uh, for those uh, former St. Cloud State netminder and, uh, you know, now current Ontario Reign member after he finished his senior season at St. Cloud State. Um, in the offseason back uh, in uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia where he's from, you know, he was taking shots from Tomasz Tatar, you know, and we asked him, you know, is that the best shooter you've seen? He goes, yeah. Yeah, it's like it, it comes off so quick. It's it's super fast. It's super accurate. And he talked about how as a goaltender, you know, when you just get that different level of a shot, when you when you get that type of talent um, in the summer, like it really does, you know, open your eyes. It really does force you as an athlete to go to, to be better, right? And it's it, it's just like anything else, right? And any single level, you start playing with the big boys. You know, they're faster. They're bigger. They're stronger. Um, it, it does kind of give you a taste of where you need to go. And, uh, you know, like David Rennick said, he's like, you know, it, it really did force me to kind of get more onto that hand-eye training, uh, some reflex training, you know, to puck tracking kind of exercises, just because, again, you know, I had to be able to read his stick because his release was so quick. And so he developed as a goaltender just because he was taking essentially practice shots from a current NHL forward that, as we know, in years past has had uh, quite the career with putting the puck in the net. Yeah. So, I mean, and when you, when you look at this, I mean, I, there are so many, like I said, so many top picks. I, I, I assume the 2002s will be with the 2003s. And if there are enough 2004s, they'll be separate. But I'm not quite sure if there are enough of those. So I'm going to be very interested to see how they break this down. Um, especially with the goalies, since they all seem to be 2004s. Uh, except for one. Except that he wasn't, he's only a 2023 draft eligible. So, I mean, uh, I'm going to be interested to see how they do that. Um, I assume they've told these guys that that they're they're being expected to to understand that 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 they're being put that way on you know because it is going to be two separate teams. Uh, could they mix them up? They probably will, but it will definitely be an interesting interesting way to do this. Well, what I'll say right off the get go again is that. Um, this is the best assembly of junior players I think the United States has ever put together when you talk about all those birth years because they're trying to build two teams, one to play in August, one to play in December. And when you're bringing that much talent together, I don't think it'll ever be seen again, which is why I thought it was so important that, uh, that I got out there to try to um, bring a little clarity to everybody maybe or uh, at least see some of the guys that uh, are competing for spots and kind of put everything together. So I'm looking forward to it. A couple of changes that have happened, and uh, Nick, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, Grant Potomi, the old assistant coach and former gopher and Grand Forks, North Dakota native, um, is replacing Ted Donato. No word on why Ted uh, had to step away, but um, Grant Potomi is a pretty solid coach to bring on to this roster of coaches. 
Uh, very solid. Um, I, I, th I don't think Grant Batoni gets enough credit for what he's done with Northern Michigan, um, the way that he can recruit, especially when you're right up against, uh, as, you know, especially in Wisconsin. Uh, right next to you, you've got the Minnesota uh, states, just a couple couple states over to your west there, and he's able to get some top-tier recruits. He's got a competitive squad. And the best part, he's a great teacher, uh, Scott. I think there's anything that we hear around the, the coaching circles is how good of a teacher Grant Patoni is, um, how good of a, a character he is both on and off the ice. Um, and I just think he connects with players at that age so well. Um, it's a big reason why he's had success as a coach. It's a big reason why just his leadership. Again, you talked about his time with the Gophers. Um, I believe former captain, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, for uh, the Maroon and Gold. So uh, he's carried that into his coaching career. And uh, no doubt, uh, obviously, again, you, like you mentioned, no exact word on why the change. But uh, let's just say this, Team USA, it, it's not like you're replacing one for number three it's one for one you know it's a top tier coach he's going to do great things and uh, i really think he's going to make quite the impression um on these young players as they head into this tournament but tony went to asu to play hockey i didn't think they had a program back then <laughs> <laughs> i knew that i knew he couldn't hold back i, knew I waited till he was finished <laughs> nice of you nice of you um by the way nick i had to edit one of his tweets that he was going to put out uh, earlier this week because it was just a little bit over the edge with his uh, with his alumni ties to Arizona State. So editing came into play this week. <laughs> oh, so they, they do have an edit button on the Twitterverse? Uh, oh, boy. Oh, no. Uh, no, no. Sign I me up. I way before it went on the Twitter. <laughs> Thank God. And in all fairness, he did ask me, so I, I will give him credit for that. But, yeah, there there's uh, – there's, let's just say this. There's no love lost between his maroon and gold and the blue and white of a team that has two gold medalists on it uh, from the Maccabi games um, in Arizona. Uh, Paul, I want to ask you about what? this. What? Wait, wait, wait. What is that? Wait, what? It's first of all, it's Maccabee. Get it right. Okay, Maccabee. My bad. I asked, I asked Coach Berman about it. It's Maccabee. Okay. So uh, secondly, right. what does that have to do with that other maroon and gold team? Um... You know, that... I'm just talking about the rivalry between your maroon and gold team and the blue and white team in about 120 miles south of Tempe. And uh, they now are both seeing gold medals on two players. Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, um, so I want to ask you about this. Uh, you mentioned the goaltenders. There were a few changes uh, in the goaltending uh, roster, or at least one that I know of. Uh, but there's also two players that were looking to be pretty much locks and Chaz Lucius and Scott Morrow not being uh, able to participate in this tournament. Um, how big a thing is that? Is that a big thing or is that something that they can, uh, Team USA can work around? I think anytime you, you lose guys with experience, it's a problem. Uh, they haven't lost all the guys that were on that, uh, either the Olympic team or the 2021 team or et cetera. But I think anytime you lose that guys of that caliber that have been in these kind of situations, it can't not help. I mean, it can't help. Yeah, I hear you. I just was more concerned with how big of a loss it would be, but 
Um, let's let's you jump know, into the you, schedule. Right. Nick, go ahead. You, you know, Scott, just real quick, you know, if there's going to be a year where you lose some players with experience or with the offensive caliber that, you know, they have, this is the year to do it for Team USA. Absolutely. Again, the depth that they have on it. I mean, granted, you know, you, you don't like seeing players that deserve to be there for whatever reason not be able to participate. It's, you know, the World Junior to me is, is the best hockey tournament of the year. It's the best, you know, showcase for young talent in the entire world. Um, there's no question that players who uh, who are invited to it, who know of it, who you know spend time preparing for it, you know that they would drop anything to be there. So it's tough for them too. But for Team USA, I- I'm not sure this year, especially up front, um, makes the you know makes a big difference, uh, especially this year. So and that just shows the caliber uh, of the the development program. It shows the depth and and the the talent pool to continues to get better, continues to get deeper. Uh, something that team, uh, team USA has been working for for quite some time. I mean, oh. listen, we know that Canada is going to have tons and tons of guys too, but when you have guys like 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 Thomas Bordalo coming back, and and you have guys like Logan Cooley and Matthew Nyes and 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 Landon Slaggart and and. You know, we're not even going to get into all the guys because there's just no way to get into each guy individually uh, without, you know, waving some sort of pom-pom or something. But um, yeah, that, that's my job. Hold on. Yeah, that's your job. Uh, and this is not to Can say I throw Sean Barons and Shai Booyam out there? Well, I mean, yeah, but we're, those are defensemen. We're talking about forwards. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean. I just want to throw them out there. I, I know that. I mean, um as much as I want to see, uh, you know, uh, ASU get top end talent, um, I want, and I'm sure the coach does too, want to see Josh Doan or Ty Murchison make that 2023 team. Yeah, totally agree. Let's you know? uh, let's talk about the schedule uh, just a few minutes. Um, obviously, they're going to be – uh, in Michigan until I believe the first or second, then they'll head up to uh, Western Canada and uh, Friday and Saturday, they'll play a couple of pre-tournament games. Um, Nick, I want to get your thoughts on that first and then Paul will get yours, but uh, Finland and Switzerland are the two pre-tournament games. How important are those two pre-tournament games for this particular team? Well, I think just for any team, right, it's important to to get things to click, right? You know, Scott, it's, you know, these teams are assembled, you know, pretty quickly as far as, you know, getting them together as a group, getting into practice together. Uh, but as I mentioned before, you can practice all you want. You can run all the drills you want, but nothing beats gameplay. Nothing beats, you know, trying to go actually go against an opponent and uh, having to put those systems, having to put those ideas of motion. And I think, you know, for hockey, the one thing that we, for those who follow the game, how important chemistry is with your line mates, how important the chemistry is with the defensive partner, just being able to know where they're at and not having to actually look, you just can feel where they're at on the ice. It, the game is so fast. And so you, you almost don't have the time to think Scott. And so these three tournament games um, are really important because for the round Robin, especially for the medal round, you know, the team that comes together the fastest and can develop that chemistry, those are the most successful teams. And so uh, to have 
a little bit less pressure to know that, you know, these games mean, you know, whether it's a win or loss, they, they, they mean something going toward the medal round or not. Um, they mean a lot to that staff and to the player to know that, hey, this is where we're at. This is where, you know, there's going to be a lot of video review uh, between those two games just to try to get those little extra things tightened up, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the missed assignment here defensively or a four check that wasn't executed correctly. It's that type of stuff that's so important for these first couple of games. So um, regardless of its impact on the, the win and loss record, it's very important for the continued success of the program as they move into actual tournament play. Follow your thoughts on uh, Finland and Switzerland. They will uh, play Switzerland on Thursday as well in a preliminary round game. Um, but your thoughts on playing those two teams in particular as warm-ups? Well, I mean, you would sit here and 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 the Finns, you know, they're always tough. They're always well disciplined. They always skate well. Uh, they they don't make a lot of mistakes. Okay. Um, and, you know, they're in that top level of group, you know, uh, of European teams, you know, between Finland and Sweden and, 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 and Russia and Slovakia and so forth. And, and I don't want to leave anybody out, Czechia. And, um, you know, those teams are always going to be threats. Uh, the Swiss, they're up and coming, right? I mean, uh, it's only been in the last maybe – five to 10 years that they have been a constant presence um, in the upper echelon of hockey. So I, I, I think that that's a, a good mix of teams. Yeah. Good stuff. Nick, I'm going to ask you this and also about the, uh, when the games get started for real, the preliminary round, it looks like uh, Germany Tuesday, Switzerland, Thursday, Austria, Saturday, Sweden, Sunday, and then it's on to the quarterfinals. Um, your thoughts on that group, I believe it's group B, but your thoughts on, um, where team USA falls in that group, I would think they have to be the favorites. I think they would be the favorites on paper, Scott, but, you know, as we mentioned, you know, the, the Austrians, you know, they, they haven't had the, you know, the depth of players, but they've had a couple of players come through, um, that have made, uh, their mark as of recent, they're a slowly, but surely they're a building program. Um, but again, these are, it's almost a bigger mental test, Scott, for this group because skill wise, again, they're the heavy favorites for Team USA, but it's almost like, can the players respect the opponent? Can they actually go out there and execute and not take anything for granted on the international stage? Nothing is for sure. Nothing is given to you on a silver platter. And you know, the big question mark in some of these contests is, do you go out there with a little bit of too much confidence? Do you not go out there and execute things? So, um, Again, they should come out as the favorite. They should come out uh, number one in that grouping. But again, we've seen stranger things from Team USA in tournaments like this where just something doesn't go right, uh, whether the reasons why may be yet unknown. But, you know, they got to go out and execute it and actually put it up on the scoreboard. So um, you can never take anything uh, as it's a, a, a guaranteed win at this league. So I'm just hoping that USA goes out there, they take what, probably should be rightfully theirs and uh, and head into the quarterfinals as uh, a team that's uh, got all the engines firing on the same uh, on the same level. Paul, let me ask you this. Um, last year, this tournament was canceled, postponed 
um, due to COVID. Have you heard any of the, the uh, potential COVID restrictions or things that could jump up and bite this tournament? Or is it, are we pretty much past that point now and the guys are going to play the games? Uh, it is Canada after all. Yeah, I, I think that we are not, I, I think we're past that, whether we want to be or not. Okay. Um, well, we, we say that with the president of the United States um, recovering from COVID. <laughs> I don't mean to make a joke about that, but no, no, I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I think pretty crazy. I, I, I'm pretty sure that unlike some of the professional athletes, that uh, the 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 players on these rosters have. Uh, followed the medical mandates to be in this tournament? Oh, without a doubt. Without so, a doubt. I'm just saying, like, is there anything that you have heard of no. that could throw a wrench into this, um, a la somebody comes down with a COVID? Are they even testing? I don't even know that. I have to imagine they tested at least once, or they'll be tested at least once. I don't Nick, know. do you have any insight into that? As far as I know, I don't think, you know, there is really any of the types of restrictions we saw just over a year ago, Scott. I'm sure they're testing. Um, I'm sure that there are protocols in place, uh, albeit maybe not, you know, maybe public information per se, because, and to kind of piggyback off of Paul's point and the original question, you know, are we past this? I think there's a two-part answer to that, Scott. I think is I, I think as a society right now, and this is kind of a worldwide view, is that I think the immediate danger, quote-unquote, uh, has kind of, I, I suppose, people have passed that point. Now, whether that's actually true, and I mean, there, this thing is still out there. And, you know, it's, been, it's an unforeseen thing. There, there's new variants. We, we still don't know a ton about um, COVID. You know, is it going to be... You know, what it's going to do, you know, are these strains going to get uh, lighter? Are they going to get more deadly? We just don't know. So it's the unforeseen. Uh, Scott, again, when COVID first came, I don't think anybody thought, you know, in March of 2020, um, the events would unfold after that for the next 18 months. And so um, I think as of right now, if it does, if there's anything that threatens it, um, it would be sort of a new thing that would have to be comparable to what we saw in 2020 uh, that would shut this thing down. Beyond that, I can't see anything, at least immediately, uh, that would throw this tournament into any sort of trouble, um, at least on the immediate side of cancellations or postponements. Okay, so so let me ask you both this before we kind of round out this conversation, but when you look at these rosters, I don't know if you guys have them in front of you, but when you look at these roster or the roster of uh, Team USA and the 60 guys that they invited to participate in this tournament, uh, at least in the evaluation camp, um, your thoughts on where the strength lies? We've already talked about the goaltending possibly being um, the suspect area, if you will. But the, what, what are your both thoughts? Let's start with uh, Nick again. Uh, defensemen, forwards, where do you see the uh, strength of these two teams, 22 and 23? I think it's in the forward group, Scott, because um, not only are there some high-level talent, but, you know, these are bigger kids, too. I think if there's anything that Team USA has 
kind of done over the last couple of years is they've gotten bigger um, with their skill guys. Uh, let's, you know, just to name a guy, uh, Maddie Nyes, Logan Cooley, those are guys that, uh, you know, they've got skill, but they also got some size too. If, if there's one thing about hockey is, you know, as the game continues to get faster, if, if more skill comes up, yes, you can create your own space, but there's still the old school where you get pinned in a corner, you know, how, how can you get out of that? How can you maintain possession of the puck and then get your D men involved? Uh, so to me, it's all the forward group. And, and you know, this forward group, um, as you mentioned earlier in the show, I think it's the most talented depth of four group that we've seen ever put together in team USA history. Um, so to me, that's where the strength lies. I think defense is still pretty good. I still think that it's a mobile defense group. Um, I think that if there's anything that's lacking for defense, at least on the surface level is where's the grit. Um, but certainly the four groups have a little bit of that as well, but definitely some high end skill. And that's why I'm picking the four group as uh, where the strength is for team USA. Paul, by the way, we did not discuss this before the show. <laughs> um, I, I would like to see the breakdown of how they would do this, but I would, I think it's got to be in the blue line. I mean, cause you know that whatever team that ends up with, with, uh, our friends there from Denver and Sean Barron's and shy Booyam, uh, Six three two ten, by the way, and that's probably a little light. I mean, those guys are going to get tons and tons of minutes. Uh, Brent Johnson, I mean, um, he's a little on the smaller side, but uh, Tyler Clevin is definitely going to be on that 2022 team. Uh, he is six five two ten, and a lot of experience. Um, I would say at least for the 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 tournament in August. I would look to the defense come the, the December tournament. And by the way, Nick, I agree with you. Let's have this in August every year. Um, <laughs> I think if you look at the 2023 tournament, it might be the forwards. Depending on, on how they break that down. But um, that's the way I would look at that. You know, now listen. Who's to say that some of these guys from the two thousand, you know, from the, the from August don't also play in December? But I don't know if that's the plan or not. I don't know how they're breaking down the eligibility. But I would say defense in the in August and probably the forwards in December. Yeah, I think you're. Uh... I think you both have really good points. I want to ask Nick about a St. Cloud State kid, though, who I think is really good, and I would be shocked if he doesn't make that defensive roster in Jack Pert. Um, Nick, your thoughts on Jack and, and his skill level, and is he ready to be a force? You know, he's getting there. Um, you know, the, the transition was a little rough for him, you know, again, as a true freshman going into St. Cloud, but he's so patient, Scott, with the puck. If there's anything that sets Jack Peart apart, from I think uh, some folks his age that are on the blue line, he's just so patient. He's got ice in his veins. Um, he skates on it, but he also apparently you know runs it through his veins. I don't understand how that works. Uh, just so patient. He's not really bothered by anything, and maybe to a degree too. What when he was first coming into the NCAA, maybe a little bit too patient. Uh, and what I meant by that is, you know, oftentimes you know he wouldn't give up the puck and look for a lane, but oftentimes too that meant his feet were stationary. Um, he fixed that throughout last season where, you know, you can be patient, but you got to keep moving your feet. There's no time in hockey in today's game 
where you can stand anywhere um, and get away with it. Um, he definitely started to turn up the offense production uh, towards the end of the season. You could tell he started to figure out he was jumping into plays uh, from the blue line, making himself available as like a fourth offensive guy. So, but defensively, very, very good. Great on his angles. Uh, he can be a, he's a big physical kid. Um, I think he's underrated as to how built this guy is. If you ever see Jack Peart uh, in person, he's a he's a tank. Um, so um, good shot again. Great instincts. Uh, not the smoothest skater, but he he will be a force uh, on this blue line just because I think his hockey IQ is what sets him apart from a lot of people on this roster. All right, I'm going to throw well, out two names real quickly, and then Paul, you can jump in with uh, with your comments, but. Um, there's a Colorado kid from Fort Collins, Aiden Thompson, who was a late addition to the roster, 5'11", 180. Um, all indications are he's coming to uh, Denver in two years and uh, is, um, is highly touted. Uh, so I'm curious to see what kind of impact Aiden Thompson makes. The other one is Luke Tuck. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched, I watched his brother Alex for quite a while, ever since the Vegas Golden Knights had him before he was traded to Buffalo, but man, Luke Tuck is a player. He's uh, got the same skill set as uh, maybe as a better skill set than, than uh, Alex. But um, I really want to see those two and see if they can make uh, impacts on, uh, on this group. The other thing is, uh, I guess I have three because Shai Bouillon was not on the team originally going in December, but Shai Bouillon, really, really developed this year at Denver. And I think I've commented on it all season long because uh, Coach Carl started him very slowly, but then moved him up, had him on the power play, had him on the penalty kill, had him uh, doing just about every critical situation throughout the year. And Shy not only got bigger, but he got better. Um, I, I think both Shy and Sean, Sean Barons, make this roster. Well, I, I, I think, like I said, I think they do. I think they get big minutes in this in the in, in the August tournament. Uh, one, even though they won't play together because they're both left-handed shots, uh, I think they they'll get a lot. You know, having gone through the NCAA tournament, winning a national championship, uh, I think they'll get a lot of minutes. And who they'll get paired with, I, I, I you know, one of them probably you get paired with Brock Faber. Who's pro, who, I, who I can't imagine is not going to make that August team. Um, you know, it could come down to a left-right thing in, in terms of, of, of the final breakdown. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, Brent Johnson, who's at North Dakota, uh, might have an advantage because being a right-shot defenseman. And you know teams will ca- they'll probably carry eight defensemen, but I can't imagine they'll they'll take six lefties, right? I mean it just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah, good point. Um, okay, I mean I think we broke it down as good as we can. The last thing I want to ask both of you before we uh, we let Nick go, we're um, appreciate Nick taking some time on a Sunday night to join us. Um, the coaching staff is it an advantage to have the 22 and the 23 coaching staffs in attendance at this evaluation camp. My opinion is, yes, it does. Nick? I'm not sure if I look at it as an advantage, Scott. I think it's almost a necessary thing Um, because, I mean, 
it's August and it's December. It's not that far away um, from when the, the, uh, the December tournament is happening. So the way I look at it is I think they need to be there because um, you're doing talent evaluations. Again, that's a big group that's in uh, 60 plus players. And, you know, if you can get a good look at how players are showing off their skills, showing their IQ, maybe developing a little bit of chemistry with each other again, um, you, you mentioned a couple of the Denver kids, you know, it, maybe it happens, right? And maybe there's a point where Sean Barons and, and Shai Booyam, you know, I think you, you mentioned how David Carl started off. I think Shai Booyam was probably the, the biggest blossom on the blue line in terms of freshman in the NCHC last year, just a, an incredible shutdown defenseman and watching him in saying cloud, very impressed with his game, but he definitely was a little bit, you know, sh- short out of the gate, but really blossomed into uh, one of the best defensemen, I think, in college hockey. Uh, there was Shai Williams. So uh, it's an advantage to a degree, but the way I look at it is you got to be there. This is um, a great opportunity to to get a good early look um, at a very big crowded field. Um, so that way, when it comes down to the next couple of months, whether it's September, October, whenever um, the roster invites are sent out for the December tournament, you have a little bit of an idea where you're sitting, uh, maybe give guys a second look, and uh, that way you can build uh, a roster you see fit, and you're going to be able to see some of the results from the 2022 tournament here in August and maybe make some adjustments from there. So I look at it as why wouldn't you have them there? Yeah, I guess I guess I totally agree with what you're saying. I should have uh, stated the question a little differently. Uh, I just think having multiple sets of eyes, they probably would not have been there had this not been postponed and moved um, to, to an August tournament. So when you have that number of quality coaches and that number of sets of eyes uh, evaluating talent and providing input, um, it's pretty hard to miss, right? I mean, it's pretty hard to miss on these rosters. And, you know, that's that's the other thing, too, is maybe a coach misses one thing. You know, there's, there's coaches that have their eyes at, at certain things in the game, right? And there's others that see it a little bit differently, right? That's what makes um, sports so kind of fun, right? Whereas, you know, we all kind of have our focus and to have all those different eyes that are now talented themselves and, you know, have certain things they look for. Maybe, you know, you overlook something or maybe you underlook something, Scott. So you're absolutely right. You know, when you have that many keen eyes on players, um, on, you know, different levels of talent, uh, you're looking at different things, uh, whether you're running just offensive systems, defensive, you know, special teams, um, you really are going to be able to put the best um, evaluation together to make those very critical and, you know, very limited roster selections. And again, this is a big tournament um, for USA. I mean, it always is, but you kind of feel like, you know, they're a little bit due for some redemption, as I mentioned before. So, you know, better, more eyes to me is always better. All right, Paul, you want to put a cap on this part of the show and then we'll, uh, we'll let Nick go. We'll wrap up with uh, a few, a few closing thoughts. Well, you know, like I said, I think that we're going to see, like I said, I want to see the breakdown. You know, let me, let me see how they're going to break this down. Um, could you see guys playing both tournaments? Sure. If they're eligible. I, I, I would have to see that breakdown first. But um, there, like I said, there's so much talent here. It's, it's insane. Um, I haven't seen the Canadian roster. Um, 
I'm sure Connor Bedard is going to play in both tournaments. <laughs> and in the NHL All-Star game. And well, I'm talking about I'm, I'm, I'm not. Well, he hasn't been drafted yet. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm in the joking. 2022 and 23. Yeah. <laughs> He'll play in everything that he's eligible to play in without a doubt. Um, Nick, thanks so much for jumping in on Sunday night. I got you on short notice. I appreciate it as always. Um, we will talk to you again as we prepare for a Thursday night Pro Hockey West report. Paul and I will be back in about uh, three minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Live and, uh, and put a cap on the uh, start of practice for the NJEC. We'll be right back. Behind the mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. College Hockey West Live is coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, 
the ultimate hockey player's footwear. Indeed it is. College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Denver, Colorado, where uh, the sun is set, but uh, the clouds have uh, opened up a little bit and they give us uh, a little reprieve from the rain that we had all day today. Uh, Paul Hornstein, my longtime co-host out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, uh, not much time left, but just a quick uh, wrap-up on tonight's show. Is there anything that we missed that you needed to get out there other than the fact that there's ice in Tempe, Arizona at 110 degrees? Yeah, well, well we love that. Um, and and it's great, and, and, and I'm very curious. I mean, I don't um, – I, I look forward to more video. It looks like the things in there are – pretty close to being done but who knows um yeah there's a bunch of things we didn't get to um that i guess we'll get to either tomorrow night or tuesday night uh but they've changed some of the uh uh the video rules i'm pretty sure they've changed or or at least they're going to change some of the way the pairwise is done for overtime games um uh, there were uh, more expansion rumors in terms of teams exploring uh, going Division One hockey, and um, there was a story that I heard on a different podcast involving uh, guys in green and white that. <laughs> Let's clarify for these poor people from North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the, 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 the writing guru for the Grand Forge newspaper. Brad Schlossman. Uh, and uh, the head coach of my Sun Devils, Greg Powers, were on a podcast promoting the Hall of Fame game in Vegas with a gentleman by the name of Darren Looker. Mm-hmm. You know, Darren, um, I did a feature with Darren. I uh, listen. I how many names have we have we have we interacted with in the last whatever? Anyway, go ahead. Um, and supposedly, and and I have not been able to confirm this. Uh, maybe Eddie can confirm this. I should have messaged him, but I try not to. But supposedly, North Dakota has played at Oceanside. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, because when you look on the North Dakota website, huh? Against NAU. Yes. But when you look at the, I would, that's, that's what he said. That they played against NAU at Oceanside. It was a split series. It was played once in Flagstaff and once in Oceanside. A lot to do with the reason that hockey went away in Flagstaff was the facilities just were not, um, capable of handling really any hockey, but but certainly not NCAA hockey. Well, the facilities broke down. Right, that's what I'm saying. And they just and they just weren't going to put the money into right. uh, refurbishing it at that time. Right, especially after that one season that NAU had when they had Greg Adams and Bob Beers, and they should have gotten an invite to the NCAA tournament and did not. Right. Right. And I think when that happened, that doomed the program. Yeah, well, that and Title IX stepping up, and they, they, they couldn't afford to 
fund two programs. And like I said, the facilities weren't good. I mean, there was a number of reasons why it happened. But the uniqueness of that, Paul, is like you mentioned, North Dakota has made a trip to Arizona uh, to play and uh, at Oceanside. And in addition to that, uh, the Alaska schools were part of the conference, which was the Great West Hockey Conference. <laughs> How yeah. cool is that? The Great yeah, West yeah. Hockey Conference with the, hey, USIU. With the Alaska schools and uh, U.S. International and NAU. Right. And for those that don't know, U.S. International, which doesn't really exist anymore as a school. Um, in that this does country. a hockey team. No. <laughs> well, no, it's in San Diego. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> Once again, ahead of its time. But so we're going to look into So we'll get into that over the next couple of days. Um, because you'll, you'll be talking to me Tuesday night from uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I will not be talking to you from Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, you will. I'm not going that's anywhere near. Be. Oh, that's where you'll be. I won't yeah, be. I said you'll be talking to me. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so I'll be talking we'll to you, that. maybe. One of the yeah, two. Maybe. I don't know. Are right, you ready? Yep. All right. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, it's College Hockey West Live on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, wherever and whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style, available at all Allegiant Stadium events, and of course, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drury and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Liberty University. Over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Ice Time Hockeyists.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts, all one word, and don't forget to subscribe. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. All right. I'm going to make you think hockey real quick. In addition to what's going on in uh, Plymouth, Michigan this week, I talked with Michael Weissman, the uh, Associate Commissioner of the NCHC, and uh, Michael told me that uh, he believes the uh, NCHC Media Day is going to be less than two months away. September 22nd, he's planning on in St. Paul, Minnesota. So we are that close. We are that close. I'm not ready for that. To yet. Restarting I got this so, again. There's so <laughs> much more to go. I have so many things to do between now and then. I can't, <laughs> I can't think past tomorrow. Strap up your boots, folks. We're here for you. 
We're going to continue on. We're going to get bigger, better, stronger. And we'll say good night. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. De Niro, good night, everybody. Good night.